Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grey's various video games and on social media. Welcome to episode 229 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined in this new year by my wonderful co-host, who is still a little bit under the weather, Ray. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing pretty good, Joe, considering. <laughs> How's it going? It's going. It's going. I I have one one week left of my break, which is nice. It's nice to have the three weeks off, but oh, uh, yeah. but it is quickly it is quickly wearing down. I, I see the <laughs> the the days ticking off. <laughs> oh man, I uh, yeah, I got a couple weeks off, but unfortunately, I spent the second week this last week recovering from COVID. So it's all a haze. The the. The time between Christmas and New Year's that is normally kind of a haze is even more of a haze for me this year. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, you told me that you had COVID. I, I feel so bad because you, of all people, have been so careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's crazy because, uh, you know, e- even with being as careful as we've been, um, which you're right, we, I mean, almost, almost more than anyone I know, we've kind of still stuck to, you know, everything you're supposed to do. But it's almost impossible at this point because it's just everywhere. And even people that are being super careful, you know, have no choice, but to go, you know, out and about when they have to. So I feel like I've been pretty lucky. Um, Work, you know, work requiring you to be present is always going to put you at risk, obviously. Um, And, you know, lots of people are out there because they have no choice. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, it just, you know, I guess, I mean, part of me is like, oh, if it was going to happen, I guess I'm, I'm glad it happened, you know, during a week where I had to just kind of do nothing. Right. And at the same time, it was like, oh, man, that was my week to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have been, been pissed personally. I would have been like, no, I was supposed to do fun things with this week. <laughs> oh, I had so much planned, Joe. I had so much planned. And it all, like, just went out the window, just completely oh. ignored. Yeah, I'm still I'm still coming at you through a mask uh, because we live in a small, pretty small one-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rosie is uh, asthmatic. So... I'm really scared of giving it to her and, and we've we've as you can imagine, we've gone out of our way uh the last, you know, seven or eight days to try to make sure she doesn't get it from me. So so far, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, so far so good. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive because I don't know how you share a space like that and not yeah transfer some sort of germs to one another. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we I mean, talk about living with a mask on twenty four set. We even sleep with our masks on. So Wow. Yeah. So nobody. All right. So nobody. <clears throat> nobody is allowed to complain about the goddamn. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> did, have I? I don't know when the last time I talked to you. Did I talk to you about the going to see hairspray? No. Okay. So I went to go see hairspray at a, at a local like Roadhouse Theater. So it was a touring company because I just needed to see some some live theater again. Yeah. And uh, and they had uh, you had to show your vaccination card, and then. Um, you had to wear a mask through the entire show. And the guy who sat next to me immediately as, you know, he was an older guy, uh, immediately started in with, well, I don't understand why we have to wear these masks. If everybody's got a vaccination card, why can't we just like, why do we have to wear the masks? And I was like, well, you know, I have a friend that this is when my friend Lorelai had gotten COVID. I said, I have a friend who got COVID and she was vaccinated and, and you know it was it was better for her but it was still bad and there are a lot of old people here so i get it i see why people would want to be a little extra safe 
yeah, but they're just so annoying. They're just so horrible. I was like, yeah, I know. As a teacher, I have to wear them six hours a day so I can understand how annoying two hours at a movie at a play would be. <laughs> he shut up so quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all relative, buddy. Yeah, and you know me. I'm not Mr. Like, um, <laughs> I'm not all about the confrontation. Um, I was just done. I was like, dude, you don't even shut know. Up. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You're not persecuted. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, so what's been going on with you uh, uh, while I've been kind of under the weather, you know, trying to trying to make it day to day? Well, I mean, honestly, the the week before Christmas was just like prep for Christmas, decorating and getting gifts and stuff together. And we had a nice Christmas at my mom's house and kind of just did the regular Christmas thing. And then this last week, I made a deal with Matt. Um, this last, we're supposed to go to Vancouver, mm. but um, with Omicron getting bad and everything, we could have still gone. But for four, the four days that we were going to go, with all the testing that we would have had to do, yep, between the holidays, it would have been like six hundred dollars oh. for for the two of us to go. In addition to already the flight and the hotel, oh, and right, food. I think you told me about this when we talked about Spider Man. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And so what we did instead was we said, all right, we're going to do some fun stuff for Matt um, this past week. Because my, my time, my, my idea of time off is to like sit and play video games and chill. But my <laughs> husband is all about like how many different adventures can we have? So we went some, on some hikes and we went to um, a little, a little tiny town in a Northern Orange County, uh, Fallbrook, because Matt writes. Matt's a writer, and it's like this location for one of his characters. So we want to go check that out, and uh, you know, just little things here and there. But this week, this week is my I don't have to do anything week. Like it was nice. like the the bargain yeah. <laughs> was struck that this week was just a Joe gets to chill at home uh, week. So hopefully, all the geekiness that I have been putting off will get. Um, taken care of this week. I'm pretty proud of you, man. You you always seem, you know, your your husband definitely loves to be out and about and travel, and you always seem to be, you know, up for it and uh, find a way to sort of compromise. You know, <laughs> no, well, there, no, there was no people, I mean. <laughs> there there was there was definitely a day where I had a little bit of a broke breakdown, and I was like, oh my god, we just don't stop. <laughs> like, can't we just chill for one day? <laughs> Oh, that's great. Um, you know, it's so funny when when I had a feeling that I was coming down with something. Wasn't sure it was COVID yet, but something. Uh, I thought, okay, I looked at my list of things to do that week. I had a lot on my plate, especially like uh, in the studio that I wanted to catch up on. Right. And I'm like, okay, what what can I do from bed? You know, obviously, I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to be painting. I'm not going to be silk screening. I'm not going to be rearranging my studio space. I'm not okay. But what what can I do from bed? Like, oh, look, I can work on my website. You know, that's something that I've been meaning to do for a minute now. Um, oh, I can catch up on social media posts. You know, I've been meaning to post about a couple things that happened during the semester that I just didn't have time to 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 address. Man, when I tell you, none of that got not like not Joe. 
<laughs> I, I overestimate, I overestimate, of course, you know, what, what I'm going to be capable of when I'm like really, really ill. Right, right, <laughs> like right. It's, of course, such an ableist mindset, right? Like, oh, I'll be really sick, but I'll be able to do these things. Like, yeah, right. There, it was, <laughs> dude, it was like, try to breathe without coughing. Like, that's, that's what my schedule is like today. Oh yeah. Was it? Have you noticed? Because I've I've definitely noticed this. It's like when I was in my twenties and even even my early thirties. It was like if I got sick, it was like it was inconvenient, but I could still like you know I could game, I could do it. I like I like you know it was like it was inconvenient, but it wasn't terrible. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, it's like if I get a (laughs) if I drink one extra drink the night before, (laughs) I'm out. I'm done. Like. I just, yeah, like, I don't, you know, you just don't have the energy for, I don't know, to kind of, like, show up, right? Uh-huh. Right, that's exactly it. And so it really just became, we really quickly fell into this routine of, um, you know, wake up, have some tea, watch something, go back to sleep, wake up, eat some food, watch something, go to sleep. And like that was that was like a day to day thing for like a week. Wow. And you know, I mean, cool. We're watching stuff. It's so funny. We're going through like this Marvel withdrawal this week. We're talking about like <laughs> we've watched everything. Yeah, Nothing we're so left. spoiled. We're so spoiled, man. Like it seems like there's something every week. There's something new around the corner. But now, you know, since the TV shows have started, we you know, along with the movies that have come out in that time. We're sort of like in our first, like, okay, kind of dry spell until I think May, right? Really? Uh, what's coming out between now and May? Um, do we have any Disney Plus series coming out? Or is no. the first one in May? No. the um, uh, Doctor Strange is in May. What about the Disney Plus stuff? No. Nothing? Nothing. That's... That's just not acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is that, you know, it's, it's, we're not used to it. <laughs> We've been spoiled, but uh, yeah, I don't think I'm looking now. When does secret invasion come out? Oh, I think that's, I think that's farther down the line. I think the next two on the docket are Ms. Marvel and um, She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Okay. I so she, She-Hulk says 2022. They're not saying when. And Miss Marvel says summer 2022. But before that is listed Doctor Strange in May. Okay. And then we've got mm, Thor, Love, and Thunder in July. We've got Moon Knight <clears throat> listed before any of the other ones. Oh, I don't see Moon Knight on this list. Yeah, this, li- this, this, this list from <laughs> what's on DisneyPlus.com. Uh, is, <laughs> smart, smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Moon Knight, then She-Hulk, then Ms. Marvel. Does it have a date for Moon Knight? doesn't have a date for any of them. Okay. Yeah. No, I haven't seen any dates on Moon Knight. I mean, I'm excited to see what they come up with. That one, that one sounds pretty cool. But uh, yeah, we don't know. I mean, the only thing that's on the calendar next for Marvel is Doctor Strange and May. Wow. Unacceptable Disney. <laughs> Unacceptable Marvel. <laughs> Fix it. Yeah. Uh, I did hear, well, just to finish my thought from before. So, you know, we're just, we're watching other stuff. Rosie loves action movies. Mm-hmm. You know, we're watching r- romantic stuff that we finally get to to do that outside of like, you know, 
Peter and MJ or some shit. Right, um, right, 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 right. But uh, I heard some exciting, maybe controversial DC gossip on Twitter the other day. Go for it. Apparently somebody, uh, and of course, all of this is unconfirmed. Of course, it's rumors, it's gossip, it's Twitter gossip. Um, somebody saw an early cut of, um, or maybe not an early cut, but maybe got their eyes on a, on a working script for uh, the Flash movie. That's that they're making. That's come. I think that's supposed to be the next DC release actually this year. And apparently they're using Flashpoint to reboot the universe. And so we we are we will be officially no more get getting no more you know uh, Henry Cavill Superman, which is a big one. Ben Affleck Batman, obviously, and they're just moving forward uh, with a new setting up a new universe and just trying to hold on to. Um, uh, Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot as a Aquaman and Wonder Woman. And then of course, Flash. Mm-hmm. So everyone's sort of reacting to that going, Oh, Henry Cavill doesn't deserve this. Of course, you know, he was a great Superman, like some, some half the DC. I was surprised at how many DC fans I saw in the mix saying, thank God. It's about time we move on from this. We tried it. Okay. Let's move on from this Snyder verse. And then you got the other half of the DC fans who are obviously Snyder fans going, anything they do going forward will be terrible. Like, just, <laughs> Cause you know, it's nothing in the middle. It, no, it's it's just never like lateral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, I was having a lot of fun reading all the sort of reactions to that on Twitter uh, yesterday. Yeah, I, <laughs> DC is their fans are a little screwy right now. They're like, I mean, wouldn't you be? Yeah, I, well, I in all fairness, yes. Like <laughs> they they get the raw end of the deal. I if I if the Marvel universe was treated the way the DC universe is treated, and uh, the DC universe was treated the way Marvel is treated, I would be cranky. Yeah, man. Because yeah. As someone who bounced back and forth, you know, growing up reading the comics, just when are we going to get a, a quality Green Lantern depiction? Like when? Like that's right, what I right. want. And so what we watched yesterday were, was one of the, the DC animated films because they're so good. Mm-hmm. They're so much fun. They're so entertaining. The stories are so good. So we did that and just kind of, you know, in in, in hopes of of – of uh, seeing some good DC content, hopefully <laughs> this year. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they'll just kind of move away from the um, we have to control everything at some point. I think that's really what they're missing. Is they're missing? They're missing somebody to to kind of spearhead it that has a reverence for the properties. Yeah, and they are, and the they are missing. You know production people that are happy to just say, Hey, I trust you do your thing. And I think the reason why they're in a position now that they have to kind of do, do a com- almost complete do over is because at a certain point they just gave up on that. Right. Like it wasn't working for them a couple of times they tried. So they just said, you know what? Everyone's going to do their own thing. And everyone was like, okay, but even if that's successful, like even if the movies are good, where does that really get you? And here we are. Yeah. Right. Some of them have been good. Some of them have not, but now it's completely scattered. So uh, not unlike, you know, DC pre pre crisis. Right. <laughs> 
So it was all a plan. It was all planned. They they meant to do this so that they could this is of Earth so that it would bring everything together and make sense again. Yeah, but and they're going to use Flashpoint for that, I guess, which, you know, X-Men try to do with Days of Future Past as well. So Right. We even talked about maybe, you know, I've 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 shielded Rosie from all of the X Fox X-Men stuff. But if we're really going to be waiting till May for the next Marvel stuff, I'm like, oh, maybe we jump into the X-Men stuff so you can catch up on that. Okay, so I've got I've got a question then. Do you do, you do it um, in in release order or chronological order? I would think release order, yeah. Ooh, are we discussing the great X Men rewatch that's going to take over Geekitude the next several months until the next I, Mar- Marvel? Thing? You know what? It's 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 something to do because we ain't getting any other Marvel movies for a while. So I'm I'm down. It is something to do, isn't it? Ooh, yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I can I can show Rosie's reactions like I did with the the Avengers stuff. <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's the only kind of reactions that I can see getting from Rosie in the, these movies is a, a like scrunched up. I don't. What is this? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, she's she's very spoiled by Marvel. Yes, she immediately now we're watching something and it, it's not the story. The plot is not you know moving. The pacing is off, and she's going. But yeah, this is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> one one thing that we did do um this past week which um i know you didn't care for the series at all but i absolutely adored it and i thought it came to an amazing conclusion was uh money heist oh that's- absolutely loved how that all went down it was such a you. good series <laughs> <laughs> i know you didn't like it but oh man i loved it it was just right up my alley for a heist movie or a heist series and yeah yeah, no. So that that's good. If you if you guys have not tried it and you're not like Ray, who was like, nope, um, I I definitely highly recommend Money Heist. Might be worth giving another shot with Rosie this time. See, you know, she she speaks fluent Spanish, so it might be something she really enjoys. Well, and I mean, the big thing is, is you it it is there there is a bit of of convenient campiness to it, where you know, like. Any good heist movie or heist series is going to have that moment where, you know, they're they're trying to make you think that everything's going to hell, and then, you know, no, no, we planned for this, and so if you can get past that little bit of, I mean, that's a genre specific thing. So if you can get past it, um, yeah. I think it's very enjoyable. God damn it! You know what? She loves heist movies. Oh, they're so good. So this might have to be a thing that uh, we dive back into. Yeah, All give right. it a try because I mean, honestly, the first two seasons were solid, and then the last three seasons are just like, if if you're invested by that point, it's like rip your heart out and stomp on it Ooh. and do a little jig. Hey, listen, man, I'm jealous. You know, when I <laughs> hear of something good that I just can't get into, it really pisses me out. Wine, wine is one of those things. I wish I loved wine. I can't get into it. I've tried. Somebody who loves to cook, you know, I'm just I, when I see people enjoying you know a good meal with wine and they just it just looks so good it looks like they're enjoying themselves i'm like god damn it why can't i have some of that okay i'm the same way what don't you like about wine um it tastes like rotten grapes to me okay so (laughs) a solution for that um i have found that what you have to do is you have to get natural wines and not get like processed wines Hmm. because um we have a a winery up towards Julian mm. um, when you drive up there. And 
I, I highly recommend anybody who um, wants to do a wine tasting. There's this little route up to Julian where there's a bunch of wineries. And um, one of them is La Serenissima. And he's ru- it's run by a guy named Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's very Italian. <laughs> and if you're going to go to Tony's tasting room, it's just like this little like cabana in the back of his house. Um, he will talk your ear off. So plan for a good two or three hours. But you can sit in there <laughs> pouring your wine the entire time. And he explained to me. Like, it's nice when somebody explains to you why you don't like something. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, I love your wines and I don't like wine. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. And he's like, well, because especially California wines are very jammy mm. and very oversweet. Mm. And he says the reason why, like, his, they, he actually pours it through a filter to get, like, the pulp out. It's that kind of natural yeah. wine. And it's very earthy. It's v- very good. It's okay. very, very good. So, I highly recommend call up Tony at La Serenissima, make an appointment. Cool. And yeah. And he's a kick. He's a kick and a half. Um, he's definitely old school and he will talk your ear off. But Very Italian is- or very Italian-American? Very, Ital- <laughs> very Italian-American. Okay, cool. I'm like, yeah, we just watched The Godfather last night. So when you say <laughs> very Italian. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, um, no, he's just kind of, he's just a talker. And he's, I don't know, late 50s, early 60s. And like really nice guy, loves his wine, really good at making it. It's kind of, it's his job, but I think he's got other things. So it's more of a love than a necessity. So they also, his wife makes um, grappa. Have you ever had grappa? No. It's basically like Italian moonshine. It's like strong shit. shit. It's good. (laughs) And she flavors it. Like grappa is just like when you have regular grappa, it's just like, rubbing alcohol it's like whoa it's like like when you see people drink the, for the first time on television and they're like <laughs> that's grappa um but his wife like um infuses like melon and limoncello and all these different other flavors into it. it's very good Ooh, that sounds great all right yeah we'll let us know let us know when you're free and maybe we'll go up and we'll make a that would be a fun thing to do yeah that sounds amazing all right man uh, speaking of Marvel, we gotta we gotta get into the last Marvel thing we're gonna have for a while. No, all right. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Hawkeye. Spoil the hell out of Hawkeye. Spoil the hell out of Hawkeye. All right, be right back. When toxic culture has you down, when you're just looking to laugh and have fun, kick back and enjoy watching a video game, or just make some new friends, it's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back. 
And we are going to be spoiling and talking about the Hawkeye series, all six episodes. Cool. Um, so you were very excited to to jump into Hawkeye and talk about Hawkeye when we put it on the schedule. Like, what what was it about this series that like did it for you? Well, you and I haven't really talked about it at all. No, not at all. So that. Right off the bat, I'm excited about, like, I feel like we built up this, like, you know, sort of a reserve of, like, stuff to geek out about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so, which is rare because we usually, you know, get the chance to talk weekly. So right. the fact that, you know, this whole Marvel show had, like, come and gone and we hadn't even talked about it once. I was like, oh, man, I need to talk about I need to process this with Joe. Yeah. Um. I like, I really like, and it was evident from the trailers that the angle they were taking was like a fun kind of like, um, um, heisty kind of like Christmassy adventure. Mm-hmm. And I love that shit. It, it really does remind me a lot of the work of Shane Black, who I'm a big fan of. Um, and he's, you know, Apart from making Iron Man 3 with Robert Downey Jr., he's known for making movies like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Nice Guys. And he does this like really pulpy kind of like crime slash, you know, action slash comedy stuff. Uh And it just seemed like that's what they were doing. And especially in the first few episodes of the series, I thought they nailed it. I loved the interaction between... um, Haley Steinfeld and Jeremy Renner. Um, I liked the way the story was developing, the mystery of it. It was just really cool. So, and it felt like a nice change of pace from like the weekly, like, uh, you know, I don't know, like internet storm sort of like theory craze of like the first few Marvel you know, shows. I don't know. Did you miss that part of it this time around? I didn't. I stopped missing that during what if, which we also didn't really ever finish or talk about. Um, yeah, we can. I mean, it. Mm, <laughs> it's my least, it's on the bottom of the list for me of the, of if I'm ranking the Marvel show so far, it's that that's the last one. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It, it, it there was some weirdness with a missing episode and yeah, it just, it, it was, it was a lot. Yes. It was a lot. Which I guess that's kind of what what if is, right? Right, but usually you're not tying what if into the larger universe and mm-hmm. they very much are tying what if into the larger universe. So yeah. it's kind of like if you're going to be a lot, be a lot on your <laughs> own, don't be a lot canonically. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so yeah, no for for me, I just I loved this series and I didn't feel like I had to go. In fact, I, I just finished watching the spoiler, not the spoiler, the Easter egg um shows this this morning cuz you know, every time we every time we put off a uh, recording, I was like, eh, I'll I'll finish them cuz I didn't feel I didn't feel like I was missing any big reveal or missing any big right concern. Um and so, yeah, so I just was just able to enjoy it for what it is. And I plan on using, this is going to be like my, like a lot of people watch Die Hard every Christmas. I think uh-huh. I may have to watch Hawkeye every Christmas. Oh, that's such a good idea. Cool. Yes. I'm with that. Yeah. Um, I have to say, though, um, 
and maybe this is just typical for me because I complain so much about, I'm so critical of the things that I like, <laughs> but um, it did kind of fall apart for me by the end. Really? Yeah. I felt like the story, maybe not the story, but it started to feel like, and this is a pet peeve for me. Okay. So let me just, let me just preface by saying that mm-hmm. uh, a, a pet peeve for me is when it starts to feel like the characters are making choices convenient for the story. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a thing that happens with Christopher Nolan a lot okay. uh, where, you know, he, he sets up this really, you know, cool premise for the beginning of his story, but then somewhere in the middle, it's clear that he wants certain things to happen. So then the actors just start doing stuff that maybe doesn't seem true to their character so far in order to make these certain moments happen, especially like an ending that is in mind already. And that's what this kind of felt like. Um, where did, where did that happen for you? What were the, some of the decisions that they made? You know, I don't remember off the top of my head, like the first few instances, but I can tell you a big one for me was this, this, you know, non super powered badass, you know, government assassin slash mercenary guy that we know to be Hawkeye, Clint Barton, right? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so much of the show is is showing us how and why somebody who doesn't have any powers is able to hang with Thor and Hulk and, you know, Captain America. And he is, he's a freaking badass, right? Like yeah, he's, yeah. him and Natasha can they're just great at getting themselves out of crazy dangerous situations. Right. Yet I'm supposed to believe he's stuck in a tree. <laughs> really? He's stuck in a tree and he's just holding on for dear life and he can't get down. What the hell are you talking about? He jumped off a building while fighting Chitari with a fucking bow and arrow. Like, <laughs> I, I have to say, to that jumped the shark for me. I was like, oh, what? Did, uh, I get it. It's a cute sequence. How are we going to get the tree into the, or how are we going to get them into the ice rink to, like, set up the final battle? Or, you know, how are we? But find a different, like, find a better way. That was the, that should have been the first idea thrown out at the writer's table and everyone kind of chuckles and go, yeah, can you imagine that? Okay. Let's come up with a, a real idea now, like suitable for this character that we've, you know, that, that we know is, is very capable. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. It's, I can see that, but I also think it was trying to keep in line with the, the um, humor of the original comic where he, he's good, but he also bumbles a lot. Like there's a, there's a, there's a luck factor going on there that, you know, I think that they were trying to um, capitalize on. And so, you know, yes, I think, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm great at justifying these things. And in my mind, it's kind of like, he's, he's getting too old for this shit. (laughs) And and it's kind of like, I'm, I'm here and I can't get down. We're gonna take a breather. It's <laughs> a little bit of where where I kind of went with that in my mind. But yes, no, I completely see what you're saying. What they should do is reach out to Matt Fraction because he wrote that Hawkeye series and it's fucking fantastic. And I'm sure he would have came up with a better idea. <laughs> That's true. Pay, pay, pay the writers and artists, Marvel. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I still very much enjoyed it. I loved what they were doing with the characters. Um, I loved the whole mystery they set up. As I said. Haley Steinfeld, oh my God, she's great. 
Yes. I just want to watch her in anything. Literally, Joe, after Hawkeye ended, I screened, um, I, I showed uh, Rosie um, the Coen Brothers remake of True Grit. Oh, okay. Which I think is the first thing that Haley Haley Stanfield did. I mean, they, they I think they kind of discovered her for that role, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's fantastic in that movie, and the movie's really fun. It's it's a lot better than people give it credit for. Um, and it's the Coen Brothers, and so we watched that just because I wanted more Haley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, for me, it was all Yelena. I and I loved Yelena and. Uh, and Kate Bishop's interactions. Yes. Like I thought that was like, I want to see as much of that as possible. I would love to see a Kate Bishop Yelena series. I think that would be hilarious. hundred percent agreed. Yelena is fucking awesome. And every a, moment that she's on screen. Yeah. Yeah. No, she, she is. She seriously needs to be like, I think she's quite possibly my favorite character right now. Yeah, yeah, I think that she's she's she might be up there for me as well. Um, she's the most exciting character for me to like follow into the next phase, right? Yeah, to see yeah. like what like just the the same way that we wanted, we were excited to see like you know Steve bounce off of Thor, bounce off of like Tony. Uh huh. I'm, I'm excited to see characters bounce off of Yelena. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, who was I saying? Would I want to see her? <laughs> it's a ridiculous pair up, but I want to see her and, um, and Scott getting into it. I, the ridiculousness that I think that they can get with her and Paul Rudd. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. I just, yeah. cause, cause he is also one of my, I, 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 I am learning that I really like the ones that bring ridiculous comedy to the, to the, stories yeah um i think they're you know they're just enjoyable to watch and they just make it fun um i hate to say this joe Uh uh-huh and you can you know slap me on the wrist if you think it's necessary but i do find myself a little bit anxious about whether or not the um the banter is going to live up to our our expectations uh-huh. Because, uh, you know, uh, I don't even want to say this. The guy's a piece of shit, but goddamn, like, the banter is on point. Like, and I'm talking about, like, Whedon, you know, Avengers and, you know, Ultron. I mean. No, his dialogue has always been amazing. And I just, you know, I would hate for... Um, Yelena and the other amazing characters that you know we're getting now to to be given you know shit to say that is trying to be you know and it's like trying to be witty and funny and it's just not it's just not quite hitting like not it just feels you can feel the effort you know what I mean yeah I I am I am going to stop you and I'm going to point out that I think you were doing what I tend to do and which um oh what was the Oh, and we and you you are being an MJ right now. <laughs> you are setting yourself yes. up for disappointment so that it hurts yes. less. <laughs> yes, that's so I do true. it too. When they were talking about that, I'm like, I know I have mentioned doing that to Ray. That's so true. On yeah. multiple occasions. Yes, so. Rosie does that too. Yes, I'm coming around. Um yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh but 
at first I was a little bit skeptical that they were going to try to shoehorn Yelena into this. And then it made sense. I'm glad that we got as much of her as we did because it did end up making sense for the story. I don't think that about everyone that we got (laughs) by the end, (laughs) but uh, yeah, she was, she was a welcome addition. It was great. Yeah. Um, I also really liked, I just like the playfulness of this whole series. Yeah. Like yeah. I loved, I loved the swordsman. <laughs> yeah, man. I wish they did more with him by the end. I, I want to see, uh, I want to see him show up later. And I think he's, I think that's more swordsman than was definitely more swordsman than we were ever expecting to get. Mm. But I, I, I definitely think it's, it's more than, than, was ever planned. Like I don't think yeah. I don't think we're gonna get any more of that character ever again, which is a yeah. shame because I think he's just kind of ridiculously comical. I just by the end I was confused though because it seemed like in the beginning of the show they were setting him up to as a red herring to be like the big bad, right? Right, right. And if you know the comics, you saw that coming because you know that Eleanor Bishop is the big is the villain. Uh-huh. Um, but then they didn't even do that really. Like it wasn't, I think I hate to say this, but I, I thought that the Kingpin was pointless in this show. I would agree. Okay. Okay. Because I love Vincent D'Onofrio and I love him as the Kingpin and Mm -hmm. I'm super, super happy that he's back. Like, don't get me wrong. Like all of that is very good, but it, it just didn't make, I felt like. Eleanor Bishop deserved her like episode as the villain. And like, we get to see like what she's capable of and, you know, how she became a villain and what, or or not, not how like her origin story, but like, what is it that she does that makes her this person in the underworld that has these connections and can do these things? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, she's got, she's like, she's got a connection to Val. So obviously she's got some clout. Did they never? They never mentioned Val though, which I don't understand because it's like Val is very clearly the person who sicked Yelena on Clint, and yet in the show they make it seem like Eleanor Bishop did. I think to the point that Rosie was like, "Wait, is that the same person?" I'm like, "No, Julia Louis Dreyfus is a different actress." But I can see how that can be confusing. Yeah, I could definitely see how it could be confusing, but at the same time, I think it's. It it makes Val a little bit more of a bad guy for hire kind of thing. Like Which I think is a mistake. Um I don't know that it is, and I'll tell you why. Because I think <laughs> that if you make her the mastermind, like what's her motivation? She doesn't really have a good motivation. Well, we don't know yet. Well, it's true. Well, you're talking about Eleanor? If you make Eleanor the mastermind? No, 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 no. If you make uh, Val yeah. the, the mastermind. Well, we haven't I, gotten a chance to see that yet. Like, that's, that's, you know what I mean? We didn't know Thanos' motivation before he, you know, got his own story. It was just this guy who wanted the rings. The story. Right. But this kind of sets her up as almost a, a recruiter, which I kind of think is, I don't know. It's an interesting character type to have that we haven't had yet. Mm. Where I mean, yeah, she could be the mastermind, but to what end? Where if she's this this like you know villain villain headhunter, mm-hmm. which which goes around and finds 
characters that can, you know, people that can be um, right. these anti-heroes, it makes it kind of, there's like, that's a very interesting dynamic to have the character play. That's true. That's true. But then in that case, I wish they would have let Eleanor be the mastermind then. But it's true. Instead, I don't disagree with you on that. It felt like they try to still make her likable. Like, oh, it was circumstance, you know, like, no, I'm a good person. And I'm, you know, blah, blah. And it's like, no, dude, just let her be the mastermind. Like what? And then Kingpin, the thing, and this is another kind of jump the shark moment for me. It's like, you can't build up the Kingpin to be somebody that Clint is scared of, like that scared about, and then have Kate Bishop beat him in her very first solo adventure. Like, right, right, right. Her very first solo fight almost. It's like she beats, really she takes down the Kingpin. Like that was to me like a huge disservice to his character. Huge. Like they just undid so much for the Kingpin in that, in that, with that choice. No, it's absolutely true. I think, I think that in trying to put him into, I mean, Daredevil was as much his story as it was Matt Murdock's. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think putting him in here is basically <clears throat> like it's introducing him to the, to the actual proper Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I think the reason why we didn't get a, a wow, that was amazing feeling from it is because mm-hmm. nothing in this was about Kingpin. This was just kind of a, Hey, he's here. Yeah, I think that they, I understand that they were trying to give uh, Kate a a, a moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling to see why they didn't want to give her that moment with her mother, like that heroic, like I'm making a choice here, I'm using these skills to take you down, even though I love you. Like it could have still been pretty great, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I can definitely see that, and I also think, I mean, if you want, if you want to, because I'm, I'm the, I'm the king of justifying here. Uh, if, if you want to justify why she was able to beat the kingpin, it's because he just purely underestimated her, right? And it didn't feel like he had to put much effort into it. And if he really realized how, how skilled she was, he, he would have, I think, approached her in a completely different way. And I, I know they wouldn't have, they would have never done this because representation matters. And I get that. Um, but <laughs> part of me want, wanted to see her like take down her mom, like in a way that we didn't get to see in the show, like mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. her down. You know what I mean? Right. And then just get demolished by kingpin like just like nope like you're not there yet kid you know what i mean like yeah barely escape that confrontation well and you, you have know? two you have two other highly skilled characters in yelena and clint that could very easily have like intervened exactly exactly so i definitely see even that echo yeah, they set up Echo as like, and then they didn't do anything with her character. That no, really I thought I. If you talk about characters that I felt were underutilized in this series, it was definitely Echo. Yes, like I. The only reason why I'm not kind of <clears throat> pissy about it is because I know that she's getting her own series, which I think mm-hmm. is great. But yeah, for me, it was kind of like. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, this, I'm really not. You're not. You're not doing much service to this character. Yeah, who, who I, has become a very big character in the Marvel universe. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I oh, know yeah. from the you know the Marvel Knights Daredevil Kevin Smith I think run, 
uh, no, not yeah. Was it Kevin Smith writing it at that point? Maybe not. I think it was Bendis writing it at that point. But um, yeah, I remember her from that, and I loved her character. I was excited to see her, um, and I thought they did a great job with the character, like introducing her, setting her up. But it does it does feel like maybe Hawkeye might have suffered a little bit from kind of the Age of Ultron thing, where they were trying to set up other things, you know, at, right. at, uh, kind of to the detriment of the overall story that we wanted to focus on, you know. But I also think we're dealing with a lot of um, COVID production changes. Oh. That's right. This is like COVID honestly is Marvel's writer strike. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where yeah. it's like, we've really got great things that we want to do, but we really just can't get them done right now. So we're giving you as good as we can get you. Yeah. But you know, it, but the, the work suffers in the process. Hey, look, can we put off the collapse of the country till we get our Marvel stuff, please? Huh? Yeah, please. Can we, just- can we Yeah. <laughs> You know, I know it's it's you know late stage capitalism, <laughs> you know, sort of the the crumbling of all our you know infrastructures here. But let's just try to get you know get this Marvel content <laughs> corrected. Um, no, but there was a lot of good in the show, and I think that's why you know for me I was you know a, a little bit let down by the by the ending by some of the choices because I felt like I wanted to see more. Clint Barton and uh, Kate Bishop. I wanted to see more of Eleanor Bishop. I wanted to see, I wanted to see the swordsman. Like I, I was excited for that sort of like bait and switch where it's like, you think it's, Oh no, I'm working for the mastermind and it's your mom. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I felt like we never really got that moment. Uh, And then he sort of, after he's arrested, he shows up, as a good guy kind of like why is he helping like why is he all of a sudden didn't kate think that he killed people <laughs> like i just it just didn't make sense he seemed so menacing in the beginning where he was like busting out the little candy to like let her know that he knows that she knows that you know what i mean and like right fucking with her with like the sword like he could have easily taken her out with that sword and then all of a sudden they're like cool at the end it just I felt again like they they undid some of the cool shit that we got with his character early in the series, right? <clears throat> I'm I, that doesn't bother me so much because I feel like the swordsman is somebody who is has been a villain, has been a hero, goes back and forth, and I think they were kind of tapping into that, so it didn't bother me yeah. that much because again I was like we're getting more of this character than anybody <laughs> deserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it's like you don't have to do it all in the first season of Hawkeye. You know, like <laughs> give you because you're never going to see that character again. I, I if you yeah. ever see him again, uh, I will be shocked. Okay, that's yeah. They're just trying to do cram a whole character's like history and arc into like the first time we ever get to know him. I like the long game. Um, yeah. I also, yeah. I also have a tendency to like sort of formulate what I'm expecting from a story in my head. And then if they don't do that, I'm like, oh man, it better be really fucking good. <laughs> if if you uh, do something better than what I came up with, which obviously is the best option. <laughs> exactly. I love how much of the bros we got. Like they really leaned into the bros and that's so great. That made me cackle every time they said bro. Well, and also that the fact that they are, um, like they're really like they're just doing their jobs. Like I really do like villains that are like I'm not a bad guy. This is just the job <laughs> I chose, and, and like I love that because it it makes them, um, <coughs> you know, you 
you've got your your villains that you want to hate because they're just so horrible and awful and amazing, and then you've got those characters that you're like, I hope you have misadventures elsewhere. I like. Yeah. I hope. I hope we get to see <laughs> you again, just doing bro stuff. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say though, I didn't realize that um, Echo and the one main bro were a couple until we were supposed to be like upset about their tragic end <laughs> I I like, oh they're dating oh i didn't get that like the whole show and now it's like oh how tragic like she has to take him out and you know she loves him and i'm like wait what yeah <laughs> oh. he was just there was i just i there was a lot of stuff where i was like but we've already got Jon snow <laughs> we, we don't we don't need we don't need him in this oh shit i can't unsee it now i'm looking at a picture of him right now kazi kazi's <laughs> i was so confused because that's... for like a five second period i was like why is dane whitman oh wait that's not no okay that's hilarious that is um his name is fra fee that's his name. That's that's a first name and a last name. Fra is the first name and Fee is the last name. Is that the actor's name? Yes. Okay. I don't even <laughs> I didn't even I don't even know what what origin that is. Look looking at the cast list here, uh I was really expect and I'm not I'm not saying I'm mad about this or anything, but I did I was thinking there was a chance that we were gonna get uh Laura Barton. Hawkeye's wife show up at in the last battle in her right? in her shield uniform or whatever because it's now canon that she is a mockingbird she is not the Bobby um oh what's Bobby's last name I don't know who mockingbird is Joe sorry how do you not know who Mockingbird is? Because I didn't <laughs> read West Coast Avengers, dude. <laughs> how, how, how do you have me as a friend? And we have covered, I think we even talked Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on this show at some point. And although you didn't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for very long, did you? I didn't watch it at all. Okay. Um, I have to look it up because now her last name is going to bother me. I'm assuming um, I'm assuming it, it, it is a West Coast Avengers character, though. That was a guess. It, it was a, a West Coast Avengers <laughs> character, but she was in the she was in Bobby Bobby Barbara Bobby Morse, um, and she is a she is basically Clint Barton's ex wife. Oh, and so Laura is not the. Marvel comic book Mockingbird, um, but the 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 watch has a designation number on it, and it's her agent watch, and that designation is the Mockingbird designation. So she was a Mockingbird at some point. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah i I was super excited to see. I just you know Rosie and I look at each other at one point and go, "Oh my God, what if the watch?" is Laura Barton's and what if she was an agent? She's a retired agent. And we're like, Oh my God, that's going to be so cool. If that's what it is. And then, I mean, we got confirmation on it, but I was, you know, I was half expecting her to show up. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, in agents of shield, uh, Adrian Pelicky, Pelicky. Is that how you say her name? Uh, she, like, I remember. Okay. So, Spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I haven't even finished the series, but spoilers. Um, there is a character that this this woman pulls out the classic, like, Mockingbird's weapons are these, like, basic um, 
baton sticks yeah. that that she wields, um, kind of yeah. like daredevil baton batons. Yeah, kind of, kind of like those, but with less, less, less uh, usability, I think, than daredevils. But more, more like what um, uh, Natasha uses in one of the movies where she's just got the two batons and so she's like there's this action scene and you've met this character you think she's a bad guy and all of a sudden she pulls out these two batons and i'm like there's no fucking way and turns out yes it's this character mockingbird who in the comic books is um is married to clint and then they get divorced but they're always kind of like remain friends and it's it's not it's not the like you know, oh, we're good friends. It just worked out, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, I'm still pissed at you, but I don't mm-hmm. want to see you die. Got it. So it's this really fun, ridiculous dynamic that they tried to simulate with a different character because they mm-hmm. couldn't use Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the fact that there's a reference to this character, who again is another one of my like guilty pleasure favorite character type characters. You know, I gotta say, Joe, I'm looking at the history of uh, Mockingbird in Marvel comics. And I don't even recognize this character at all. Like even the costume with the big, with the big billowy sleeves. Yeah. I don't, is this like a, like a, I don't know. Is this like a character that only showed up in, in a team comic? Oh uh, no, she had her own series. Okay. Um, For a while. I don't know. I don't have too much more on, on Mockingbird. She's cool. No, I like that her. That was She's good. Fun. That was good because I honestly had no idea about like the extra bit other than the fact that she was a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Um, Were there any – you said you watched the – you did the whole thing, the new Rockstars research, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, were there a bunch of other Easter eggs that maybe I didn't I didn't catch? Um, there really weren't a lot of them. I mean, you know, the owl in the tree is referenced to the owl they found in the tree last year. They oh. actually found they actually found a tree in the uh, or an owl in the tree at Rockefeller Center last year. They, they it had kind of come <laughs> with the tree. Are you serious? And so they had to rescue it and kind of relocate it to where it belonged. So that's what that was a uh, oh, reference to. Oh, got it. I also heard about the tree that um, it shows up at the very end of Spider Man No Way Home. Yes, but it's a different it's a different day because that one's still standing, so it's got to be the day before. Got it. Okay. Got it. What else? Um I know that um a friend of mine, uh John Mundy sent me a message on Facebook. Let me find it with an article which I will put in the show notes. Um Hawkeye costume designer says that uh Eliana's Eccentric style works because Florence Pugh makes them cool. And it's this whole um, <laughs> whole uh, article on just her costume design and what they did to to make it, like, unique. And, you know, she's got these little enamel pins that she had in um, Black Widow. And so now they carry over. And, like, the little finger gun is, I think, a reference to one of the production companies that does the costumes. Because okay. I think they're called Finger Gun Productions or something like that. <laughs> I really thought we were going to get the classic Hawkeye comic book costume at one point. I mean, they did show us a little sketch, right? Yes, yes, yes. 
<laughs> that cracked me up so much because I'm like, oh my god, please do that. Like, please have these uh these LARPers designed like a totally cheesy costume for him. I want to see him in it. <laughs> I do feel like we missed out on the opportunity for doing a really cheesy figure out the new costume montage where he keeps trying on different things and just doesn't yeah. find anything he likes. And then you can see all the awful, I think they did it in Jessica Jones. Didn't they, mm-hmm. you know, yes, I feel like that would have been because Cause he's had some pretty awful ones. And honestly, I got to say, I, f- I was watching um, a video of just kind of all of Hawkeye's greatest moments from all the Marvel films mm-hmm. and his, his age of Ultron costume is awful. <laughs> it's just awful. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's trying to be his classic costume without being the classic costume. Oh God, I'm looking it up right now, and it has because it's got it, that it, weird like it came up. <laughs> so I didn't even finish typing it. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> that is so funny. It even has like the long like. <laughs> He looks like uh, he looks like he's in a Ridley Scott movie. <laughs> yeah, it's this weird. That's great. It's like a jacket tunic sort of mm-hmm. thing. Oh uh, yeah. But I don't even know that that's the one I'm taught. Like I thought he had one where it just had like a a big it long has... crotch flap. Yeah, it has front tails. Yeah, but it's open like a jacket, like a coat. It's so it's. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. No. <laughs> it's not good. It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, it would have been great to see all him and all the ridiculous costumes. Do you think we're going to see much more Clint Barton Hawkeye in the MCU? No. I think I think this was his exit because the big thing was is he needed to um he needed to exit the his his character needed some closure on some things, and so I mm-hmm. think that's I think if we do, it's going to be one of those like it's going to either be cameos or it's going to be, um, like kind of unexpected. We're, we're pulling literally everybody we have left into this episode, like an end game type, and mm. Mm. I I feel like okay, I have a theory. For Marvel's going with all of this, where Feige's going with all of this. Bring it. So clearly they're setting up because because at the end of, of Endgame, it's sort of like, you know, Tony's dead, Steve is retired. There's there's really no need for the Avengers going forward, right? There's no there's no cohesive team of of, of Avengers after that film. And, you know, so far we've seen um, Falcon become, you know, the new Captain America. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're clearly seeing the, you know, the introduction of of the the young Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that it's, you know. It's obvious. It's like blatantly obvious. They're everywhere. And I feel like it's sort of like an evolution of like, okay, what happens when there's no Avengers team, but we need an Avengers team. And I think that's what's going to form the young Avengers. And I think the thing that's going to happen, that's going to say, we need a a new Avengers team 
is going to be an evil Avengers. Mm-hmm. Right. It seems like those two things are forming. I think you're going to get very much a uh, Mysterio type of situation where like they're the Thunderbolts, right? Like they're, they're going to be a, a team that <coughs> seems to be good, but somebody is going to realize that they're not. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where it feels like this is going. And I'm wondering if at some point this young Avengers team is going to trigger the reappearance of what we have left of the original Avengers. Like at what point does Thor decide in the future that he needs to come back to earth to help Mm -hmm. with whatever is happening? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Cause that's going to be sort of like the big guns showing Mm -hmm. up again. Right. See, I also feel like they maybe need to go the other way around. I would really like to see <laughs> Krakatoa, basically, <laughs> with uh, Avengers instead of X-Men, where the young Avengers have to go and rescue the Avengers from some big bad thing. That's cool. But there is no Avengers right now. You mean like if Kang is going to take out the Avengers and the young Avengers have to have to take out Kang? Maybe. Maybe Kang. Maybe somebody else. But I feel like... Or, or maybe it's going to be like these um, these uh, new Avengers find reasons to arrest the old Avengers kind of situation. It's got to be Kang because in the comics wasn't wasn't isn't Kang the reason young Avengers formed to stop Kang? It is right. Yeah, I think it is actually because doesn't I think he form them like he actually for a, 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 a version of him. Yeah, yes, a version of him comes back and forms the Young Avengers to he, stop him in the future. He's the Iron Man, um, Iron Lad or whatever. Yeah, he's the Iron Man analog. Right, right. So, yeah, it kind of it, it's cool to kind of see it start come together, but. I feel like we still really don't know. Like, no. you know, as soon as you say the word Infinity Stone <laughs> or show Thanos, you you know, in a in a in a post credit scene, you know where it's going. Like, you oh oh, this is what they're doing. Right, right. But I feel like still there's so many options. There's and they're setting up so many different things that it's still not really clear what the big overarching story of these these phases these next few phases is going to be have have you noticed the uh the lots of references to thanos was right in this uh no oh you didn't yeah like um at the beginning when um clint goes to the bathroom uh, during the the musical, which we totally have to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, that's it, right. it's written on the it's written on the urinal, and then he's drinking out of a mug that says Thanos was right. What? Yep. There's a whole campaign in the Marvel universe that people uh, feel like Thanos wasn't wrong. Yeah, I'm sure it's like blip them. <laughs> Not me. Not me. Yeah. Let's please. My next thing was going to be about. Um, New York and Steve Rogers and Captain America and the Statue of Liberty. What the fuck is going on with all of that, man? <laughs> what is that? 
there there it's that whole deification of the heroes which i think is going to further like i think it's opening the pathway for the dark avengers because people want this superhero team oh that's interesting yeah it's making these heroes out to be something so much larger than life has anyone directly explained in any of these properties what why they're doing what they're doing with the Statue of Liberty? No, right? No, they just it's just kind of understood that they're doing it in dedication to Captain America. They're putting their that and that's in Spider-Man, right? They were cuz cuz we don't see any of that in Hawkeye, but Yelena at some point does give reference to the new and improved Statue of Liberty. Right. When she's sitting there talking about all the things that she wants to do in New York. I, I love Yelena. I just absolutely love her. <laughs> have you seen have you seen um Killing Eve? Yes. Okay. She completely reminds me of the spy in that the assassin in that yes. I feel like she's very much channeling that character spot on. You're so right. Which is such a good choice. Yeah. It's so good. It's yeah. So, she's so, good. so, she's so different from Natasha and such a great foil. Like it, like that you can see Natasha's sister being like this. Well, I mean, it's, it's that it's the, the dynamic of the, the perfect older sibling that the mm-hmm. younger sibling has to live up to. And so therefore yes. they're just going to rebel. Exactly. Yes. And so she does mention wanting to see the new Statue of Liberty. And at, originally I thought that meant she wants to see the Statue of Liberty with the shield added. But since, Spider-Man takes place before this because at the end we see the tree still up. Then she's talking about them repairing the Statue of Liberty from the the final battle in No Way Home. Right. Well, well, no, they like it was already under construction in No Way Home, right? So I think it's being refurbished. Well, they destroy it (laughs) basically, don't they? Or at least they at least bring down the shield. Yes. So I think what happens is, is I think when Spider-Man is swinging past Rockefeller Center, that part is taking place before the finale for Hawkeye. But I think when the shield comes down, that comes down after the finale of Hawkeye. How is that possible? Oh, because of No Way Home. Because, well, no, he doesn't time travel. No, but t- No Way Home, ha- I think, takes place over multiple days. Okay, but I'm saying, how can the the shield comes down in the third act of No Way Home, and then the last scene of No Way Home, which is obviously after the shield comes down, is him swinging through Rockefeller Center, and the tree is still up. Hmm. So what I'm saying is, when, when Yelena says, I want to go see the new and improved Statue of Liberty, she doesn't mean, she, she means I want to see now that they've improved, now that they've fixed it after the Spider-Man battle that brought down the shield. That's a really quick time. I mean, you, you know how long stuff like that takes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, but, I feel like this is a, there's a continuity issue here. <laughs> maybe. Maybe yeah, there I, is. I think there's a continuity. Unless, unless she is, unless, unless it's Hawkeye that spans across. But yeah, unless it's Hawkeye that spans across the, um, the 
the movie so that she is saying that before No Way Home, and then mm-hmm. and then it comes down after. Yeah, that's true. So that's right? that's got to be it. Yeah, it's the, mm. cool. <laughs> I'm gonna Google that after we're done here. I'm gonna. I wonder if anyone's pointed that out or written about that. But yeah, it's it's really interesting to see how the MCU is treating Steve being gone. You know, mm-hmm. no, the, it's this whole thing because I mean, when we think about it, it doesn't it, it makes sense? Like, you know, it was this 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 hero that was kind of not really, um, you know, that he wasn't seen for something like seventy years. And then, uh, you know, made became so prominent on world affairs for several years, and then died in this cataclysmic battle. Mm-hmm. Like it, it gives people something to kind of stand, you know, be excited for, you know, somebody to look up to, which is why there's so much pressure on um, Sam in yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. uh help us win save us all from the state we're in (laughs) but i know this can't be the end there's a future i know that with the strength you bring us we'll rise again avengers unite because we've all got to hear you say i could do this all day (laughs) it's so bad it's so bad in all the best ways it's so perfect Oh, oh! God. Did you ever watch that 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 clip from um, <coughs> um, Spider Man Into the Dark or Into the Night? Or- yes, yeah. Oh God, that Green Goblin clip! Oh, so bad. So as soon as they come out of the costumes, like Rosie's, like, wait, this is real. <laughs> they <did> this? <laughs> yes, they did, and they stopped it because three different lead actors broke their ankle. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the costumes look like Power Rangers. Look like Power Rangers costumes. Oh, they're Hilarious. terrible. They're terrible. So and then bad. I mean, and it's not much better in the Rogers musical. It really is not. Their no. their uh their costumes in that are awful. Like the the Loki one, the top hat with the horns. Oh god, this is so great. Uh Get the Tesseract. The battle's just begun. We'll conquer the Chitari. Then we'll get Shawarma when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and they they were only going to do enough for that opening episode. They had no intention of doing the whole thing. Right. And then they decided we we have to because this is just too too ridiculous. Did you hear that people are like, oh, this is the part of fandom we always have to touch on, right? People are angry. People are blaming the um, the musical, the music supervisor on the show for putting for having that be the after credits tease when they were expecting and wanting some sort of like future setup or tie in scene. Well, we talked about that I think when Rob was on an episode about how we've gotten to a point where we're not watching the movies for the movies, we're watching them for what they're going to tell us about what's coming up. Right. And and I feel like I've kind of tried to step away from that a little bit, but it, apparently some people have not. Yeah, like give it a rest. Jeez. <laughs> I, I didn't I wasn't aware of this kind of, you know, little backlash. 
people get backlashes for anything. It's re- yeah. kind of ridiculous. It's like, yeah. do you really have no, I mean, I guess some people, this is, we've just talked about how we have nothing to talk about and we want, we want to not worry about anything and uh, let, you know, you, make the Marvel movies as good as they can be, despite everything that's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. So if you take somebody who doesn't have a lot going on for them right now, and this is their whole thing, I can maybe see, you know, yeah. where that comes from. Yeah. I follow a really great geek writer, Richard Newby. He reviews movies and geek stuff uh, for a bunch of different publications. And I follow him on Twitter and he's the one who reposted this thing about uh, from the MCU direct um, Hawkeye's composer has responded to criticism about the musical focused post credit scene. It has been tough to know that by doing our job well, we made something that not everyone likes. It's been bittersweet. And Richard says, folks need to relax. We get teasers for what's next all the time. What's next isn't what makes the series and shouldn't be the takeaway of what made it worthwhile. Like, yeah. And I was like, what the hell? People are like, chill out. (laughs) God, when are we going to get like a, a great, freaking musical spoof like this like that i'm so happy that the rogers musical exists in the mcu it's fucking hilarious it's hilarious it's amazing it's awful in all the right ways (laughs) it's like they did not have to go through the trouble of putting that together and they did and we should all be grateful that that thing exists for as horrible as it is yeah so i'm kind of bummed to think that you know we might not get any more clint barton hawkeye i'm i i again I'm, I'm still anticipating maybe at some point in the future in a future phase you know him and and thor and hulk will kind of come together and and do make some kind of contribution you know what i mean mm-hmm. um do we know when we're getting yelena next because that's i mean you know that's no and we don't know we don't know if she's gonna be part of the dark avengers we don't know and you know what that might be a way to like spoilers for comic books um (laughs) in general um if they're going the thunderbolts route it's basically going to be villains becoming heroes they they may end up having they've got to start recruiting some actually bad characters into the dark adventures because i think you need characters like elena and john walker to um to have that moment where they go oh this isn't what we're supposed to do this isn't right and then maybe elena goes and gets either clint or kate to come stop whatever's going on with the right the bad avengers uh fittingly it is today is florence Pugh's birthday oh that's cool <laughs> right she's so good she's, she's so very good, good. what but else has she been in little women uh okay. midsummer okay she's yeah i don't know if you've seen either of those no uh, <laughs> i would i would pay to sit down and watch midsummer with you and matt Okay. Uh, it is a really bonkers horror film. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to say it anymore. Those of you listening that have seen Midsommar. <laughs> it sounds uh, like it's kind of bit based on like Midsummer's Night's Dream type 
thing? Is it like fairies? Mm, no, it's it's made by um uh by Ari Aster, I believe is his name. Um and uh he <laughs> Yeah, he he wrote and directed Hereditary. Oh dear God. Have you seen that? Yes. I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie feeling more disturbed and just (laughs) icky and and unsettled than I have in that movie. I mean, I I feel like I've watched both um, uh, Seven and um, Blair Witch in the movie theaters, and in both those movies, like especially seven, like the, the movie ends and nobody moves. Yeah. And then the credits roll and nobody moves. Yeah. And then the lights come up and everybody kind of looks around and goes, um, I guess we should leave now. And I feel like, I feel like hereditary was that times 10 where you're just like, I'm afraid to, I'm, I'm afraid to get up. Okay. So Midsommar is hereditary times 10. How do you even do that? Like things are going to start reaching out of the television. I don't know. It, in that, in that, I will say it is. It is. It reaches levels of sur- surrealism. Surreal. Okay. So, so it's bonk. When I say bonkers, like I don't use that word lightly. <laughs> like it, you know, I could have said it's horrifying i could have said it's you know whatever crazy it's no it is bonkers joe it is out there like i think at a certain point my brain just sort of like like it it kind of cracked and i was like oh (laughs) i can't like i can't even watch finish watching this like in a in a in the same mindset that i sat in the theater so I'm not going to say it's, you know, that I love this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Hereditary. It's one Hereditary is one of my favorite horror movies like ever. But Midsommar just kind of took it to a place where I was like, well, I couldn't wrap my head around. Uh, but that being said, I would pay to watch this with you. <laughs> and Matt, um, a couple travels to a Northern Europe, to, uh, a couple travels to Northern Europe to visit a rural hometown's fabled Swedish midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Wow. It is, uh, yeah. (laughs) So she's great. Florence Pugh, as you can imagine, crushes it. Like, oh yeah, just absolutely. All in, yeah. But uh, Rosie and I had been meaning to watch this actually because she she hasn't she loved Hereditary and she hasn't seen this, so we were thinking about giving it a go. I it's, it's, honestly, Joe, the reason we haven't is because I just need to like prepare myself, right. Uh, okay, so, yeah. you have to like prepare yourself for a movie. Like that's like, I, something. I have to, yeah, exactly. But Florence Pugh is fantastic, and so um, yeah, that's Midsummer. Wow, uh, she's great. Looking at all the all the happy birthday tweets to her uh, on Twitter today. Uh, so yeah, that's. I mean, Hawkeye. You know, I'm so glad that they did this. I'm so glad that they took this angle and they made this story. And that they are really 
taking the, you know, putting in the effort to make each Marvel show so far its own thing, because there's quite frankly, nothing like WandaVision and, you know, (laughs) it would, it would be, it would be foolish to try to replicate something like that. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier felt like its own thing. To me, that's the one that has suffered the most from its very public, you know, story changes because of the pandemic you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i hadn't heard up until you mentioned it i hadn't really heard how that had this you know impacted hawkeye as well but for me falcon winter soldier is like the almost like man that could have been really cool i really wish i could have seen the original intent you know story intended by the creators of it mm-hmm. um it's just a, a notch above what if for me uh, at the top is WandaVision, followed by Loki, then Hawkeye, then Falcon Winter Soldier, and then What If for the Marvel shows. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because, I mean, mm. the what if, what if was just... There was just something... I, I, I know that there's articles about why there's that missing episode. Mm. I, I don't understand why there's a missing episode. Because... Like when you're adding an entire character that you haven't introduced yet into the finale, mm. it's like I'm I'm confused. Like, why are you here? Oh, right. I didn't even catch that whole missing episode part. Yeah, because there's no Gamora episode. Right. It's supposed to be like a Gamora Iron Man team up. Oh. And that episode's not there, and so you get this Gamora character who we don't know anything about and they're like a pivotal part of the finale. And do they ever, did they ever explain why the episode didn't air? They may have, but I hadn't, I didn't see it because it was at a time when I was doing a lot of stuff at school. So I just didn't have a chance to like, okay. I went, I went like trailer and I'm still a little bit trailer and video dark right now. Cause I just haven't had the time, but um, you mm. know, something I definitely will have to catch up on. What happened to What If's Gamora episode? Missing chapter explained. Uh, major spoilers ahead. Disney's What If. Marvel fans were confused whilst watching episode nine because the sudden arrival of a certain character and an alternate version of Iron Man, and we're here to explain where they came from. What was the alternate version of Iron Man? Well, he's um, the one who sent who he he's the one who created the little machine I think that they used to destroy the got it yeah what if was supposed to have 10 episodes in total one of those episodes was pushed back until season two which detailed this version of Gamora and Iron Man reports state that this episode was removed from season one because of pandemic related delays however fans have been assured that they will see this episode when one if returns the missing episode was also supposed to run on a similar comedic tone to Thor's episode despite the narrative displaying Gamora killing her father uh thanos gamora this is from twitter thanos gamora is just gonna pop up in the finale of what if when we don't even know her yet uh that's true yeah Uh, tony stark's sakarian iron man the marvel fan base has reported that this phantom episode was supposedly called what if gamora was thanos or what if Iron Man landed on Sakaar, which would explain why Iron Man had a change of suit. This plot was supposedly one of the very first early concepts for the show, which detailed what would have happened if Iron Man hadn't fallen back through the portal to Earth at the end of the Avengers. Instead, 
Iron Man was meant to stay stuck behind the portal and drift through space until he arrived on Sakaar. Cool. That's cool episode. Dang. The genius Tony Stark was then meant to use Sakarian scraps to build additional suit tech to help him stay alive, which resulted in the Sakarian armored Iron Man. Oh, what? Very Down cool for that. Idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me that in season two. God. And then they're going to, but to see, that's the thing about what if, which is why it's last on my list. I still enjoyed it for what it was, but the, the tone for me of this show was totally off. It was all over the place. It was all over the place. I just couldn't stay with it. Mm-mm. Tone is so important with this stuff. I think tone is something, and, and I know people tend to, you know, like to criticize the, the Marvel movies for like the cinematography and, you know, sort of the flatness. And so everyone kind of acts the same way, but they have to do that. I think a lot of that is kind of a sacrifice to make sure that the tone lines up for everything mm-hmm, because it's mm-hmm. so tricky and we've all seen those movies where if the tone is just a little bit off and it throws off the pacing and it throws off the believability and before you know the whole story just unravels yeah you know and i think what if just had a really really huge challenge kind of put in place for itself where the tone just had to be kind of wacky you know like the zombie episode was so dark and violent that they tried to make up for that with like humor and it just didn't work no <laughs> it just was made it weirder yeah although i i definitely liked it better than the marvel zombies comic book <laughs> yeah the marvel yeah. Com- the marvel zombies comic book's terrible terrible <laughs> yeah terrible not surprised there not surprised Cool, man. Well, are you ready for a Marvel drought? I, I well, I'm never going to be ready for a Marvel drought, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll look into like playing the Avengers video game or something to try and uh, oh, cool. Uh, maybe get get some uh, some of that fix in. I'm 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 in the searching for uh, Mockingbird. I found that there's apparently a uh, Hawkeye like skin you can get in the um in the video game and it's nice. basically a purple t-shirt with a bullseye on it <laughs> jeans and purple chucks and i'm like <laughs> that is the coolest cosplay opportunity ever like even i could pull that off <laughs> yes <laughs> like minimalist cosplay i'm there i am totally there like i would wear that to school <laughs> Oh man, I you know I've been thinking about speaking of the Avengers video game. I I'm not as you know I'm not a gamer, but I have contemplated picking up the new PlayStation just so I can play that Spider Man game. I've heard it's very good. Yeah, I've heard it's excellent, and I got I heard a lot about it at Christmas time from my my cousin who's a a you know gamer, big time gamer, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm like shoot it it let's see this PlayStation uh, it streams you know, uh, uh, content through all the, you know, streaming channels you could want. Mm-hmm. It plays Blu-ray DVDs. It plays, you know, it's, it's a home entertainment system. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> you can play video games on it, which is like, supposed to be, <laughs> it's like a phone, right? It's like, oh yeah, you can use it to make phone calls, but who the hell uses their phone for that anymore? <laughs> so true. Uh, so yeah, I'm thinking about it. Um, so I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. But we got to think of something else to do to fill the time over waiting for more, you know, our next Marvel fix. Maybe we'll 
Maybe we'll do the the great X Men rewatch. We can do the great X Men rewatch. Um, it, listeners, what do you what do you want to see us? What trouble do you want to see Ray and I get into until May? Like, <laughs> I'd also be happy. Months. I'd also be happy to to screen some of the um, DC animated films and review those with you, and maybe we can get Robin on that action. No, that would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Those are so good and so much fun and so enjoyable. And as somebody who, you know, you're, you're a professed Marvel devotee, I'd be really curious to hear your reactions to some of those, some, to some, to some quality DC content. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I always like to learn a little bit more about DC cause I know, I know if they were in the super friends, I probably know them. If they're not mm. in the super friends, then it's probably not a character <laughs> I am terribly familiar with. So, so that's something I'd like to hear from listeners. If, if we, you know, we're going to watch a, if you're going to recommend a DC animated film to Joe, what would you recommend first? Yeah. Let's hear, let's hear it. All right. Sounds like plan. Cool. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go lay down. (laughs) Yeah. I want you to feel better. <laughs> Shout out to my poor girlfriend for taking such good care of me uh, this week. Uh, I'm not; it's not something I'm used to, <laughs> and it was uh, very, very, very nice and loving and caring. And uh, it was if if we had a full hazmat suit at our disposal, it definitely would have been in use. <laughs> <laughs> this week but we've we've managed and she was great to shout out so shout out to rosie excellent 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 all right um we have not quite decided what we're going to do next week we will let you know but until then all the music in this episode is by ben sound is being used under creative commons license you can find more music by ben sound at bensound.com geek to is a proud member of the geek to geek network check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek podcast tea time with katie and chelsea disney forever you can't stop me loving k-pop the nerdberg review jrpgs and me dragon quest fm mating habits of the modern geek farming simulated as the dice roll and sometimes rob and i think we just got a new one and i should have written it down and i knew i was gonna <laughs> i knew i was gonna do this i was gonna forget that we have a new one but um i'm going to quickly talk a little slower as i <laughs> scroll up and say uh the planes talker podcast is our newest podcast to the geek to geek media family uh also check out our twitch streamers capsule j bamashox troidal power Gein, and nixie and make sure to join us in slack or discord where you can chat with us in real time i do want i'm gonna i'm gonna have a moment of boasting for a second the geekitude and as the dice roll Slack channels are really the only ones who get any use at all. It's we are keeping Slack alive, people. <laughs> it's us, our little listening group. Like it's, it's us. Like it's our. Own, it's almost like it's our own little hideout where we can just hang. So if you're not on Slack, chilling with us, you should be because we have a lot of fun on there. Um, occasionally somebody will post something in Weekly Geekery, but. Usually it all gets posted in geek to two. Uh, you can currently find us at geek to as well as on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google podcasts, and most other podcasters out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. I started to trip up because I remembered the last time I read this outro, I mispro- mispronounced Bamashock's name and knew as soon as it, I said it, <laughs> that he was going to call me out on it and totally flubbed up the rest of the exit. And so I am now owning that because he did indeed call me out on it. 
And I almost blew it again because I was like, oh, this is a part where I did I actually I had to remember, did I say it right this time? Anyway, I'm very distracted today. If you would like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow me on the sh- and the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? I am on social media, mostly Twitter and Instagram these days at Ray Vargas3. Don't go to my website at rayvargas3.com. It's old. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'll keep you updated. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better, sir. Go back and rest and recover. Yes. And until next time, remember this week, keep it geek. <laughs>